Hey, this is Gwen Hollander. I am sitting here talking to Elias, and you are listening to the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. Yo, ain't you? A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the man cave. Your host, Elias. Gwen, welcome to the cave. Thank you for having me in the cave. How are you? What's new with you? <laughs> oh, gosh, what's new with any of us? I'm doing okay. I mean, the days are all starting to run together. Um, but, yeah, I'm hanging in there. How about you? The same, you know, just hanging in there. You know, I have two young kids, and, you know, it's have them home all day now, so it's a yeah. little challenge. Seems like the days are very How long. How old are they? Uh, uh, my daughter just turned five, and uh, my son is two. Oh, you're right in two different sweet spots, That's I right. feel like. I feel like the toddler is one thing, and then when you get past that, you're in a whole other That's right. realm That's of right. craziness. How you been dealing with everything? Okay. I mean, we basically started isolating on the 12th because my husband and I are both um, theater people, and we both had things that were canceled on that day. So I feel like anyone in the theater world kind of got a heads up that things were as bad as they were because those were the first things that were starting to get canceled. Um, so we kind of started uh, self-isolating on the 12th, which is a little bit before I think everyone else caught yeah. on. Um, and I mean, we're personally fine. We have everything we need. Um, we've got our dogs, which is kind of keeping us sane and at least giving us a little bit of a routine. And I started working on a project. I actually just released the first part of it today. So, you know, everyone's making all this quarantine content. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I jumped on that bandwagon. I did like a parody musical of Avenue Q with all of my friends. So I've got people and puppets all over the country sending me videos and I'm editing that. So it's just been good to have something to focus on. That's awesome. Yeah. It seems, I'm, it feels like I'm recording more episodes now cause everybody's at home. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll call you at this time and we'll jump on. I'm like, great. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. this is the best time to do anything like this. You're going to get everyone. What else are they doing? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So the listeners, you know, they know you as Cheryl from Showtime's kidding. And we'll talk about that, but I want the listeners to get to know a little bit more about you. Where are you originally from? Um, I'm originally from Miami. I am born and raised there. Um, and from there, I went to New York and I lived in New York for, um, my gosh, a really long time. Uh, I think like 14 years. Oh, wow. And now I'm, I know it's a long, it's a long time. I'm very glad to not be there right now because I know they're having a really tough time. This, this situation has got to be so much harder over there. Um, and now I'm in Los Angeles. We've been here for a couple of years. So growing up in, in Miami, what were you into as a kid? Say that one more time. So growing up in Miami, uh, growing up in Miami, what were you into as a kid? Oh, what was I into? Um, I, you know, it's, it's I probably same thing as anybody else. I mean, I took dance class and piano and boy, I was very into performing from a young age. So I was always taking some kind of lesson and then, um, by the time I went to uh, performing arts high school. And so by the time I got to there, that's pretty much all I was doing. Cause it was like up at 5am school all day, 
uh, rehearsal, after school, home at nine, homework and sleep. And so that was pretty much my teenage years. So yeah, there was no, you know, I think people hear Miami and they're like, oh, the beach and the club. (laughs) But it was just, it was just for me, regular, regular kid stuff. How old were you when you kind of knew that you, you kind of knew that you were, you wanted to get into the entertainment world? Um, I knew for sure at age 13, I was into um, art, very heavily into the arts before that, but I didn't know for sure that I wanted to do that. Like I actually, I played piano for a long time and I, before that, really wanted to be a music therapist, which is so weird because I don't think you meet many eight-year-olds who are like, yeah, I want to be a musical therapist, a music therapist. But um, it was a career that I heard existed and I was like, well, that sounds great. And then um, it wasn't until... um, I went to see a production of Phantom of the Opera with my drama class. Uh, we took a field trip when I was 13, and that was what did it. Like, it was literally a split second. I knew in that moment everything changed, and, like, everything moving forward, I was like, I'm, I'm going to do that. Wow. So uh, how would you describe, like, your experiences, like, taking acting lessons and everything? Um, It's interesting. You know, a- acting is such a funny thing because it's very subjective I think far more so than like playing an instrument you know there's some people play instruments with more nuance or whatever than others but there is a right way to hit the notes and it's not like that with acting everyone has a different technique everyone has and you kind of the interesting thing about acting classes is I've taken so many over the years and I just pick and choose from each one what works for me some stuff just does not land for me and works beautifully for someone else um so yeah that's been an interesting mm. journey you you mentioned that you moved to new york how old were you when you took the jump from miami to new york i was 18 i was so young i i had gone to um i went to boston conservatory um for one semester and I left and I moved to New York at 18. Um, and it's an it's a very interesting thing because it was a weird thing for me to leave college because I was always incredibly academically oriented. Um, but I went to this performing arts school and we had a there's a college attached to the high school that I went to. So all of our arts classes were um, the college classes. We had the same professors and the same curriculum. So when I went to a conservatory, I was like, oh, I already did an entire college curriculum of musical theater that doesn't mean I didn't have more to learn I had plenty more to learn but I didn't necessarily see how it was going or how it was going to benefit me to do the exact same thing for four more years had I been at like a liberal arts school where I was actually taking academic classes it would be different but my parents are actually the ones that said do you want to leave and go to New York and I was like I I can't leave Gwen Hollander doesn't quit school (laughs) um but I did it. It was the right choice for me personally. Um, I don't by any means recommend that people go leaving school and going to New York. Yeah. So when you went to New York, what was the first thing you did at 18? Um, so I started taking voice lessons. I mean, I didn't know anybody. I was sharing a studio apartment with two other people, um, only one of whom I knew. I met the other girl when I moved in. Um, and I just kind of started auditioning. Like I, the day after my mom left me there, I went to an audition the next morning, you know, uh, they have all of the auditions are listed in, in backstage, which back then was, you know, you, you could only get in print. Um, so yeah, you see where the auditions are and you start going and taking voice lessons, taking dance classes and just, um, you know, taking odd jobs when they came up. 
At 18, were you scared going, you know, moving from Florida to like New York City? Well, that's what's so crazy. If I did it now, I'd be terrified. But yeah. it's so funny that at 18, it doesn't occur to you to be scared. You're like, oh, yeah, that, you know, it doesn't occur to you that anything's going to be hard and that you might fail. I was just like, yeah, this is what you do. You go. And it was an adventure. Now, I, I would never, ever have the courage to make a huge jump like that. I'm much more frightened. <laughs> you mentioned earlier that uh, Avenue Q, how did you get involved with that? Um, so that, first of all, I, I mean, I knew a lot of people that were involved in the original Broadway company. And so I kind of had all of these different ties to the show throughout the years. I knew I, I was actually the personal assistant of um, the guy who wrote the lyrics, Jeff Marks. So I was kind of always around. And then I knew some of the actors that were in it. And then um, my husband, who was not my husband at the time, we were just dating, but he was in the Broadway company. And then after he was in the Broadway company, I got cast in a regional production and we had the same uh, puppet coach. So it all kind of, you know, it's a very tiny world and the musical theater world is, and then the puppet world within that is even tinier. So, um, yeah, so I did that in, um, that must have been 2010 that I did Avenue Q. Mm. So what made you jump, make the jump to L.A.? It was just, my husband was touring uh, with a production of Peter and the Starcatcher, and they were in Los Angeles for a month. So I came out here while they were out here. And while I was here, I took a class, and I just happened to go on an, on an audition for a TV show, and I happened to book this little role. And then I was like, you know, I think while you finish the tour, I'm just going to stay and, and see what happens. And in those next few months, like, a lot of stuff happened. I just started feeling more traction here. And then it also just feels more comfortable to me here because I'm a Miami girl, and L.A. just feels more like home New York. Yeah. New York is an amazing city, but I never liked living there. <laughs> um, it's so unforgiving um, in every way. And I love, I mean, the, the culture is amazing. Obviously, the arts are everything, you know, that's where Broadway is. And I love the, the relationships I have there, but I really prefer living here. And so when I came out to visit, I just was like, this just feels like it makes sense. So when you first moved out there and you said you were going on auditioning and everything, what was the first gig that you landed? Do you remember? In New York? In uh, in L.A. Oh, in L.A. Yeah, the first one that I got was this little part on, there was a TV show on FX called Partners that was Kelsey Grammer and Martin Lawrence. Yeah. And the first, yeah, so the first role that I got was a little role where I was like uh, in a room with the two of them. Um, like they were my divorce lawyer no they were my lawyers not my divorce lawyers but my lawyers um so yeah that was a really fun and funny first experience <laughs> so now you star on showtime's kidding for the listeners that haven't seen the show can you tell us really quick what the show's about yeah the show is um so jim carrey plays jeff piccarillo who has a kind of mr rogers style tv show on like public television um and it, it is very analogous to a mr rogers kind of show and the show kind of follows him uh his unraveling after he he suffers a very tragic loss and so it just follows what happens when you have this public persona that is one thing and then your personal persona is going through all of this mayhem and how it kind of bleeds into the public persona 
Um, and I always, when I'm describing it, our showrunner, Dave Holstein, who's brilliant, um, I think one of the first things he said to describe the show is he wanted to see what happens to a kind man in a cruel world. And I think that very much encapsulates what the show is about. How did you get approached for the show? And tell us about your audition. Uh, this one was, so this definitely was, again, one of those cases of everything, of, of a community being kind of small. So I, uh, one of the executive producers is a friend of a friend that I, I hadn't seen in a while, but we used to hang out years ago. And she um, sent me, she called me and left me a voicemail. She was like, hey, I'm working on this show. There's a part that I think would be great for you. You know, let me know. And, and then at the same time, someone else texted me and was like, oh my gosh, I just saw this breakdown for this show. Uh, you'd be perfect for this. And so it was kind of coming at me from all directions. Um, so I ended up getting an audition for a different character. And the first audition I went and I brought my own puppet and they had sent us the lyrics to a song, one of the songs in the show. And they were like, just make up a tune to this song and, and bring a puppet. And, uh, yeah, let's see what happens. So I did that, and then they called me back for this role for Astronauter, which is a full-body suit puppet, which I've never done before. <laughs> um, and then for the final audition where, like, Michelle Gondry was there and all these people were there, we brought our puppets again, and they had us just pick um, a bunch of different puppet characters to do in that audition. And in that one, I actually chose to do... Ennui, who is a French baguette puppet. And I, I don't know why, I just really liked doing that character. And then as soon as I got in there, I was like, oh, uh, Michel Gondry's here, who is French. And my French accent <laughs> is probably awful and maybe offensive. But um, it's, it's all good. And uh, so, yeah, I ended up uh, being cast as Astronauter. How would you describe uh, the character you play on the show? Well, the character herself is, well, Astronauter is an otter, a space otter, yeah. so an astronaut otter, um, and she doesn't speak English. She only speaks in a series of beeps and boops, um, and she kind of represents, like, frustration. Like, I, I feel like the main thing with Astronauter that, I, that in a children's show kids would relate to is that feeling of not being understood and being frustrated, um, and then... Cheryl, who plays Astronauter, we don't know all that much about her. <laughs> she's just there. Yeah, she's just trying to trying to do her job. So, like, how did you prepare for the role once you got it? I mean, I know you had background in, with the puppets and everything, but what, did you do any other, like, research or anything for the role? No, we kind of just, it, it was really just a matter of getting used to what we were doing. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it was just learning as we went. Um, like I said, I had never worn anything like that before and it's very heavy. And um, so it was, and it was figuring out like how to make any physicality read in that suit, figuring out how to walk, figuring out yeah. how to hear. Um, yeah. So it was just, uh, it, it really, it was such a quick process because we kind of, we got cast and then we were shooting. There wasn't all that much time in between. So everyone kind of learned on the job and it was kind of a treat to come back for season two and be like, oh yeah, we know how to do this now. <laughs> so how is it working with the cast and like, how is it working like with like somebody like Jim Carrey, which I think, you know, growing up in the nineties and just watching him, like he's still one of my favorites. Oh yeah. I mean, it's incredibly surreal. It's, unbelievable it's weird and it's crazy enough just to see a person like that that you grew up with in person 
Um, and then a whole other thing when then not only are you in a scene with them, but you're watching them do the thing that you like worshipped as a child. Yeah. Like I'm watching him do things that I'm like, well, yep, that's Ace Ventura. Oh, yeah, that's the Grinch. Um, and watching him like do different takes on things and just, you know, th- throw in a, a little ad lib that is, you know, it's it's incredible. And they're all amazing. Catherine Keener is amazing. Judy Greer is amazing. And I am in this like lucky position where because most of the puppeteers are below, you know, they're down below in the bottom of the frame and they're just watching the monitors so that they can see what their puppets are doing. And I'm one of the only people that gets to just look, be in the scene and look at the actors. And I'm kind of just watching the scene. Hmm. Um, it was really cool. How would you describe the vibe on, on the set? Um, it depends. You know, it's a very, it's so much to get done. And the puppets, framing the puppets and everything is so time intensive. So it's a very, you know, we're moving all the time. We're always like just trying to get the shot. And especially with the episode that we did this season that takes place entirely within uh, the show, within the show, that was very much like, okay, we have this many shots to get with all of these puppets. And there's a lot of like practical effects that they were, I mean, they did so many practical effects on this show. It's, it's incredible. And, but it takes a lot of time to set those up. And then once you set them up, you're like, well, let's hope we get it on this take. Otherwise we're going to take another 30 minutes to set up this practical effect. Mm. So it definitely had that feeling of like, it was all business, but in between takes, it was so much fun. Cause these, these other puppeteers are not only incredibly talented, puppe- talented puppeteers, but also really, really funny actors and improvisers. So there was a lot of like in between takes, the puppets improvising with each other. And then maybe like Jim and Catherine improvising with the puppets. And uh, it's it was a really it's really special. There were definitely moments where I was like, I wish people were seeing this because this is something that I just think is incredible and unique and special. Hmm. Do you have like a favorite scene that you were in that, that always sticks like in your head? You're like, yes, this, this has been my favorite moment so far on the show. It's so hard because Dave, the showrunner, said to me one day towards the end of shooting season two, he was like, I, I like to think that every time you come to set, I'm having you do something crazier than the last time. <laughs> and that held true because I would have said in the first season, the scene with Frank Langella and Jim Carrey would be my favorite um, because that was crazy to just sit and watch those two people act a foot away from me. But then in the second season, I did the Charleston with Jim Carrey and the Dalai Lama. I did a car commercial with Blake Griffin. (laughs) Um, What else did I do that was crazy? I I went, we went to the Disney ranch and we shot an entire like fantasy sequence out in the woods. I mean, I did some crazy stuff. I guess I would say the Blake Griffin stuff was really fun. um, Because I, I got to do during that whole scene, I was modeling in front, like doing sexy poses in front of a um in front of a mercedes and uh that's that's something i don't think i will <laughs> i will ever talk <laughs> have they said anything about a season three yet no we don't know anything yet yeah. um the season season two had gotten pushed so and now everything seems to be yeah. you know in a holding pattern. I don't know that now, but, but also a good thing is that I think now that everybody's home, people are going to a lot of people, even just today, right before 
I started talking to you, I got two texts from people that were like, I'm just started binging kidding. So I think this is going to give a lot of people an opportunity to discover it because there's just so much content out there that, you know. So how how did you get involved with the lead role for uh, marriage material? So that was um, a friend of mine reached out. This is so many of these things are just friends reaching out to me, which is great. And that's kind of the way all the best stuff happens. Um, A friend reached out to me and said she had met with a filmmaker who was making this film and she was meeting with her about playing the lead role. And and she was like, you know, I don't think I don't think you're exactly right for this. And the girl said, yeah, I don't really think I'm exactly right for this either. But I think I know somebody who is. And so she gave her my information and which is the nicest thing ever. You never hear of an actress, you know, recommending another actress for a role that, that they were, you know, being concerned for. And yeah, so I went in and I had an audition for that. And it, they basically, I don't even think they saw anybody else after that. It was just, it's, it was just such a good fit because it's based, it's kind of a semi-autobiographical story the woman who who wrote and directed it. And I look like her. We have very similar backgrounds. And so it was just one of those, we saw each other and she was like, oh yeah, that's the person. So that was how that started. Hmm, that's good. Now, do you have, um, you have a part coming up on Hulu's Future Man, right? Yeah, I actually think it's going to drop, it drops tomorrow. So technically on Hulu, it's all going to drop tonight. So I'll be uh, binging that probably this evening. Yeah, yeah. that show is so funny. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, how was the the time on that? How was your time on that? So much fun. I mean, the first one that I did was the first season, so that was a couple years ago. Such a fun day, a crazy day, um, because I also had to had to be topless in that scene, which is something I had never done before and really had never planned to do because I don't typically play those kinds of roles I like I play quirky weirdos so I'm not usually a person who's involved in any kind of situation like that um but I was like I can't not do it because it's a comedy and I was like it's it's for laughs and it's a good joke it's a funny joke um and it's Seth Rogen show like how could I not do this so I did that that's the thing that I did. Um, now it is, you know, all over the internet and I can't take it back, but that's fine. Um, but I, I really did have such a good time and they were all wonderful and made me as comfortable as I possibly could have been. You know, there's no way to be completely comfortable in a, in a scenario like that. But, you know, then the show came out and the show is so funny. Like with the, this show and with Kidding, even if I had nothing to do with them whatsoever, I would love these shows. So I feel really lucky to be involved in two projects that I know I would be such a huge fan of otherwise. And yeah, Future Man is so funny. I'm also a sci-fi nut. So like a funny sci-fi series, the actors are so good. Yeah. It's, it was a, it was a real treat. A couple of years ago, I had Kevin on Kevin Caliber from Future Man on. Oh yeah. He also plays blaze, right? Yeah. 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 That that whole storyline is so funny and he's back this season too. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. So you've, you've had a taste of TV and theater. Who would you say like are some of your influences in the acting world? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I grew up watching, like I started watching SNL at a very young age. So I feel like a lot of those, um, early SNL, not, not even, I mean, not early, early, but like kind of the, my sweet spot was like the Mike Myers, 
Kevin Nealon, um, Julia Sweeney, like that whole realm of SNL people. So I feel like my my love for comedy and my sense of comedy came very largely from that era of SNL people. Um, and now I love, who are the people that I love? Uh, women. I love like Leslie Mann is one, is one that I really, really love. Um, it's always so hard to answer. You know, you think you have an answer for that and then, and then your brain floods with all of the people. Um, That's okay. but yeah. So, um, is there somebody you would want to work with someday? Do you have like a, like a goal that you hope to get to work with somebody? I have a lot. I always say Tom Hanks. Like, that's always my answer. I have always loved Tom Hanks. And I did, um, because I grew up in Florida, that's where they shot From Earth to the Moon, that um, HBO miniseries that he produced about the Apollo missions. So I got to, I was in that um, when I was a teenager. And so because of that, I was always like, yeah, like I've worked kind of with Tom Hanks. And if I ever met him, I could be like, yeah, yeah, I did that. Um, so I've, and I, I've just always had, I, I still like, I have dreams about Tom Hanks, just dreams where we just hang out. Like it's just a dream where, where we're, you know, hanging out. Um, and so always Tom Hanks. I also right now I'm very much into John Mulaney. I think he's so funny. Um, I would love to do anything with him. Um, Awesome. Yeah. Do, so, do you have like a dream role that you hope to play someday, or do you just, or do you think you have it? Do you like you lo- you love the comedy world so much? I love the comedy world, and then I mean, as far as dream roles go, it's hard to say for TV and film stuff because stuff just hasn't been written yet. Yeah. But for for a theater, I kind of played my childhood dream roles already, which is part of the reason I felt okay leaving New York. Like I've done, I uh, Belle and Beauty and the Beast, I've done twice. And that was one that when I was a kid, I just was desperate to do. And I played Eponine and Les Mis, and that was one of my other ones. And I feel like all the ones that I was really super passionate about, I kind of already got to do. And for now I have some theater roles that I, I would like to still do, but I don't have any like burning desires left in that world. And so for film and TV stuff, yeah, I just want to do comedy. And now that there's so much more musical content, you know, comedy, that covers all of my bases i would love to do you know musical comedy on you know television or film where do you see yourself 10 20 years from now oh i have no idea <laughs> um i can say where i hope to be i honestly i really just hope to be working i i don't i try so hard not to set like time specific goals because in, in this business it's there's so much that's out of your control um so much of it depends on on luck and circumstance and so all I can do is just keep creating and keep myself as like prepared as I can be for when the thing presents itself and I just hope to be working I just hope to be making a living doing what I love to do and that I would be very happy I say that now you know obviously one thing comes in and you're like all right now I have to do something bigger than that Um, but at this very moment I think I would be happy just to be like working and making my living this way Do you have any other upcoming projects that you could tell listeners about? Uh, It's so hard to know when things are coming coming out. Um, Yeah, but uh, I, you know, right now I'm working on this, uh, this Avenue 2 parody and we're still, we're doing it in a lot of pieces. So that's what I'm working on in the very immediate future that I'll be posting on uh, social media. We released the first piece today and I also do uh, an ongoing show with my husband and some of our friends 
uh, that are also in the puppet world. My husband's also a magician. So we do this show called the astonishing show show. It's a live show with like magic and puppetry and music and comedy. Um, and we've done two of those. We were about to start preparing for our next one and then, you know, the world stopped. So, uh, hopefully, you know, theater is going to be a really tricky thing to bring back only because of the crowd element. Um, it's hard to know how that's going to ease back into being safe and comfortable, but that's an ongoing thing that I'm doing. And yeah, there's also some stuff happening with marriage material that uh, I can't really talk about yet because I don't know, especially now that everything has stopped, but uh, that there, there are some things happening there. And yeah, other than that, who knows? That's Everything's right. kind of on hold. That's right. Uh, lastly, how can the listeners find you on social media? So I am on Instagram, and my uh, Instagram handle is Gwenstagram811. And on Twitter, I'm GwennyH811, G-W-E-N-N-Y-H811. And on Facebook, I'm just Gwen Hollander. All right, Gwen, this was fun. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. time.